All doing all right? Good. I was, you know, was anyone else challenged a little bit by how excited Blake was earlier just to do the money? Like, when I serve in church, I'm always like, oh. You know, but he's doing the collection. He was like, oh, my goodness. I want that, I want that hype in my life a little bit more. It's a good goal for us all to aim for, I think. Um, this morning, I don't want to speak for a long time. Um, I kind of, I, on that whole thing of, you know, I'm speaking not because I'm on a road to it, because I think God's got a message to share. So I don't want to make it longer than it needs to be to fit into a certain time slot. So I'm just going to speak, and then we're going to do some worship, um, and then you can wear some tea and coffee. Um, so uh, firstly, before I go into it, sorry, Dave, I didn't show you this slide. Yeah, I got a bit carried away at PowerPoint again. Um, so you can turn putting the thing up. So we're talking today about the truth. Uh, oh, back, back one. Oh. We'll leave it at that, that's fine, just leave it at that. Normally that's Jack Nicholson from the film uh, A Few Good Men, and he's like, I want the truth, and he's like, you can't handle the truth. It's a good, it's a good film, anyone seen that film? Yes. Good, have a watch it, it's a really good film. I was going to play the clip, but it's a bit too, um, a bit too long. Um, so that's not actually that relevant to what I'm talking about, it just says truth in it, and I wanted to put Dave's face on Jack Nicholson's face. So, and then also that picture, you want the next slide? That's where that picture came from, in case you're wondering. That's good. I feel like this is already the best message I've ever done, just because of this, just because of this PowerPoint. I mean, I'm, I'm purposely taking my time right now, because I'm enjoying this a lot. It's important I feel relaxed as well as everyone else feels relaxed, Dave, so I just thought. Um, cool, let's move transition on um, to the message. So we're going to talk a little bit about the truth uh, the truth today, um, and we're going to look at John fourteen six, um, and it's this is Jesus talking to his disciples, and they're like asking him questions about life and what to do, and it says in some versions this is when Jesus comforts his disciples, and he says, um, "I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father." except through me. And um, I think, what does that mean? And I think in a world full of lies and distractions and mistruths, Jesus is saying to his disciples, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the way to eternal life. I'm the way to to life. And and it's amazing, because even this is when Jesus was alive, but God sent his son to come and die for us, and he's the way we get access to the Father and to the kingdom and to heaven and to God. And he's like, I am the way you get to God. So can I get an amen for that? Amen. You said amen. Do you have to say amen? I know. I wanted more amens, though, because I don't know you've got it until you say it. Um, and I've had this thing on my heart about obedience and, and how we serve God, and if we can really serve God and be obedient if we don't always agree with him. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I think sometimes the world can be quite confusing, and I think sometimes it can be scary, it can be heartbreaking, um, and often when we don't understand what's happening in our lives, or what we should be doing, or what we shouldn't, shouldn't be doing, or what's happening to other people that we love and we know, we can get confused and we can get scared. And often, because we don't understand what's happening, we get angry at God. Um, unless that's just me. 
and we get angry at God because we don't understand why he's done something or we think he's done something and we blame God for something and we get angry and it makes it hard to be obedient and follow God and serve God because we don't agree with him. And um, I think that's a classic thing and I think there's a lot of people actually in, in the UK who are, aren't coming to church, who aren't, you know, aren't Christians or don't have a faith with God and they're already angry at God because they don't understand, they don't agree with the things he does, and they don't agree with natural disasters, and they don't agree with things that are countercultural, and they don't agree with lots of things that he has done, what's happened in the world. They don't agree with him, so they're already angry with him before they're even anywhere near being obedient. And um, Dave last week spoke on Abraham um, killing his son, or going to kill his son, and God asked Abraham, he was like, you know, I want you to go and sacrifice your son. And I don't think, like, Abraham was going, ah, oh, yeah, I see what you're doing there. You're saying I should go and kill my son because then, yeah, yeah, I'm, I understand and agree with what you're saying because if I kill my son and sacrifice him, then that thing will happen, yeah? And it, I don't think he was like that. I think Abraham was like, I've been asked to kill my son. I'm going to be obedient and follow what God's told me to do. Well, I don't really understand it. And it's going to completely change my life forever. I'm going to be obedient. And he went and went to go and kill his son and God stopped him. It was a test of his faith. But I don't think Abraham was serving God out of agreeance and understanding. And I get the whole idea here, God. I get where you're going with this. He was being obedient. And, um, and I, this whole sort of thing about obedience and um, like following God. There was, a, it was about a year and a half ago, um, I had a meeting with a client. So I, I work in... Um, in marketing, and they had the, a client who who does all the um, M25 network, and they do they know the automated speed signs. You know, sometimes it's 50, sometimes it's 40, you know, sometimes it's 20, <laughs> you know, yeah. And every now and then it's 70 miles an hour. Um, but that, they do that that little M25 ring of things, and they make sure all the all the systems speak to each other. So he had he had a detailed understanding of the M25. When you walk into their into their offices, they've got screens everywhere. It's like walking into like a government building because there's like screens there. And he even said that they don't actually do lots of stuff. These screens they have them there for when clients come over, they can make it look like they do loads of stuff. <laughs> so I won't I won't share their name, <clears throat> but um. He was telling us about all the big contracts that the M25 does to make it run and operate. And he was saying one, that all across the M25 network, there's these little reservoirs. And obviously, they don't want the water to pool on the road. So the water runs off the road onto the side into the banks. And often, the water runs into these reservoirs. And the reservoirs are then filtered and put back into the water mains, which come back into the taps in our houses. And I think about 70% of the water that we drink is from rainwater and other things like that. And the rest of it is taken from the ground. Um, and, but then the, then the question is, what happens when like an oil tank falls over and it contaminates the water on the road? Well, then that oil was then gone into the water, so to stop it going back into our systems, there's a sensor in there which senses contaminated water, and as soon as it recognizes it's contaminated, the valve shut off, and there's a contract for people who are already on, on standby, ready to come and drain the water, cleanse the reservoir, and then open it back up so that, that we can have fresh water back into the mains. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Because like, I go on the motorway quite a lot. I go up and down the country all my life. I've been on the motorway um, all my life. I've been drinking water. Do you know what I mean? Um, and I never knew this happened. I never knew that the M25 had this really cool sort of system, like a fail-safe just in case. 
and I kind of sat there, I didn't say this to him because he would feel a bit weird, but I kind of sat there and I was really humbled because I think this is something I, I go on regularly and this is something I've known about my whole life, this motorway, and yet I didn't know that there was reservoirs of water and there was a way of filtering the system. And I had no idea this little thing existed. And this is like a motorway in the UK, which is inside of a, a kingdom inside of, on a continent inside the globe. And this one tiny little thing I had no idea about, yet it's been next to me my whole life. And yet I still question God when he does things. And I still question God when he asks me to do things as if I know more than him sometimes. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm like uh, why are you doing that, God? Don't you know that this is this way? You know? And actually... I don't even know that the M25 had reservoirs on the network. Like God created the earth. Do you know what I mean? His knowledge is so much more infinite. His, his understanding is so beyond my understanding, yet I still seem to think that I have some sort of standing to question him and not agree with him and therefore not obey him in certain things because it doesn't fit with what I think. I know it's a bit of a weird connection, but that's what, you know when something hits you in the eyes a little bit? And I think that, you know, and just to say as well, I actually don't outright say, I know better than you, or I don't agree with you, God. I think often, like a lot of us, when we don't agree with God, it's like a, like a, almost like a subconscious thing that sits in there. You know, when like something happens that's painful in our life, and we don't agree with what God did in that situation, or if you think God didn't do something, or didn't, did something, or didn't do something, or whatever, and we have this kind of resentment sometimes towards God, because we didn't agree with what's happened in our life. Has anyone else had that? Is that just me? Please, someone else, put the hand up. Good. I'm normal. But it's still there nonetheless. And I think also that the culture or the cultures that we live in often don't correlate with what Jesus teaches. So our culture will change, it adapts, it evolves. It's subject to history, to technology, to media, to the environment. And every culture around the world, even even in England... There's like every town has its own accent and its own culture and its own history and its own way of doing things and things that are acceptable and things that aren't acceptable. And in other places you go, those things are, are acceptable, but in the town over, that's not acceptable to do that. Like Mike was saying up in, up in Sky, that when you put an offer on a house, that's it locked in. When you put an offer in London, that doesn't mean anything. It can go downhill at any point in time and you can just back out. So culture is different and they change. But God is constant. And he is steadfast, and he says that he is the truth. So he's saying to his disciples in this passage, when he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, they're like, I'm not sure what's going on. And he's like, hold on. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And that's a constant same thing that's never going to change. Like his truth is the truth. It's not a changing truth and adapting to the culture truth. It's something that applies to cultures and applies to us, but it's something that is the truth. And it's fact. He's not saying, I'm sometimes the truth. He is the truth. And he says that he is the way and the way to life. So, I don't think that we're called to know and understand the details of God's plan. You know, I think we want to know the details of what God's doing in our lives. We want to know five steps ahead of us, when sometimes God only shows us half a step. We're not called to do that, but we're called to serve him and be obedient to him. Like Abraham did. Like he wasn't, when he was asked to do that thing and sacrifice his son, he didn't know steps two, three, and four. 
He just went with what he was told to do and was obedient with God, and God blessed him for that, and he didn't kill his son. And he was blessed because he showed his faith to God. I don't think we're called to know God's plan. In fact, God uses, so I've written it down here, God is a perfect God using imperfect people to complete his perfect plan. We're all part of God's plan. We're all part of God's um, creation. We're all his children. And when we become Christians and we're saved by his grace and his faithfulness, um, we, are, we are his children and, and part of his plan. And God asks us and he calls us and he says to do things. And sometimes it doesn't always sit right with us because of our experience or our history or our culture or because we're hurt and holding resentment or something that happened to our friends or family or something happened previously in our life. And sometimes we think that we have a right to, to just disagree and not do what God does because we don't agree with him. And I don't think God says that we have to agree with him all the time. He just asks us to, to, to serve him and be obedient to him. Do you agree with me? Good. I'm glad I'm not wrong. <laughs> That'd be really awkward if this was all wrong. And to be honest, I think... Um, and I think sometimes, I'm talking to myself here when I'm, when I'm speaking about this, because there's things like, I think sometimes we just have to put, put our ego aside in our life. And do you ever have it when, like, you're wondering what the plan is, or you're wondering what you should do next, or you're wondering what job is going to come up, or you're wondering what the next thing is, or where you're going to live, or where the house is, and you spend so much time stressing that you end up, you end up going to God, and you say, God, help me, I don't know what I'm doing. Does anyone else do that? I do it all the time. I just did it this morning. And I was sitting there, and I realized, actually, Jesus is the way. Jesus is the truth. And Jesus is, is life. Do you know what I mean? Like, rather than having this whole couple of months of panicking and stressing out, let's just go to Jesus in the first place. Because he's the way, and he's the truth. He's the constant, steadfast way and truth in our life. And it sometimes feels a bit like we're walking down a really straight, small pathway trying to follow God, and there's just distractions all around us. There's a vacuum that's pulling us off. Do you know what I mean? There's, there's temptation, there's work, there's family, there's um, Brexit, there's all sorts of things that are looking to pull us away and distract us from, from serving God and the way he's asked us to serve him. And sometimes we've just got to come back to the basic, simple truth that God is the way, the truth, and the life. And do you know what? That's all I want to say today. Can, we, can the worship team come back up? And we're just, gonna, we're just gonna worship God for a little bit. But I just want to encourage you. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, let's spend, spend some time worshiping God and thanking and glorifying Him because He deserves that and He's worthy of that. But I want to encourage you that if you feel hurt by God, or if you have some something in your life where you feel like you've got some resentment, or you've got something in your life that you're holding on to from God. Let's just spend, I, I encourage you to use this worship as, as an opportunity just to let go of that hurt in your life and just accept that God is the way, the truth, and the life. Do you know what I mean? If you're sitting there stressing about your next step and stressing about the next thing in your life, then let's just use this time just to worship God and say you are the way, you are the truth, and you're the life. Do you know what I mean? I don't have to worry about it because you've got it. And um, I just encourage us, do you know, I think, can you imagine a church full of people if we are the first port of call is to turn to Jesus in everything we do. Can you imagine a church for people to do that? Can you imagine if you do that in your own life, if I do that in my own life? When I get bad news or something, that's not the first thing I do. 
But let's just use this time now just to put those things, consciously put those things that have been sitting in our hearts subconsciously, stressing us out, freaking us out, to give them to God and give them to the truth. Because everything else is, do you know what I mean? It moves. But God's truth does never move. And his way never moves. So let's just worship God. Think about those things in our life that we think is putting us away from the truth. And let's just recommit that time to him and recommit those situations and issues to him like Mike, your house and your work situation. We're going to commit that to God. Like your work tomorrow, we're going to commit that to God. Like all the things that are going on in our lives, let's give those to God and let's see what he can do with those things. I'm pretty sure he'll blow you away.